Welcome to Defeat PPD, where we empower women to overcome anxiety and depression in motherhood without medication. I'm Arielle Wozniak, and I'm a maternal mental wellness coach, and I will be leading you through this journey. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Defeat Postpartum Depression. This is your host, Arielle Wozniak. And this is our third episode where we are doing both video and audio. So you may be watching this on YouTube or you may be listening on your favorite podcast platform. Either way, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I just want to uh, just impart some encouragement into you and just share a little bit of my story with you today. So you may have noticed from the title that we're talking about breastfeeding and the connection between like postpartum depression. And so um, I want to share, like I said, a little bit of my story, but just be mindful that this might not be your story. It might not be exactly what you need to follow, but I hope that by sharing this, it just allows you to think about it a little bit more and to make the best decision for you and for your family and for your baby and just do what's right for your life individually. So um, I had really big plans of breastfeeding. And if you have been um, watching me for a while now or listening for a while now, you know that I am big on planning things. I like to plan. Do I always follow through with those plans? I mean, that's a totally different story, but I like to plan things. And so um, I had a vision in my mind of what it was going to look like to be a mom. And I'm only going to be sharing today from my third child and my experience there, but um, totally different experience with all three. So this was my first daughter. And like I said, we had waited, um, or I've said in previous episodes that we had waited so long to have a baby girl. Like I wanted a girl from the very first time that I found out I was pregnant. And it's funny because pretty much everyone in my family at the time was having girls. Like, so I just expected us to have a girl as well. And we got a boy and then we got a boy again. And then finally that baby girl. And so once I was pregnant with her, I had like these really big plans. Like I want to go all natural. Um, I wanted to have a vaginal birth versus the cesareans that I had with my other two. Um, I just had all these plans in place. And obviously things don't always go according to plan. Um, and so what my goal was, was to breastfeed her for at least a year. I had that in my mind from the very beginning. And I think I had seen so many people around me breastfeeding successfully that I just, I thought that was like the best thing for me. Um, and it turned out not to be the best thing for me to breastfeed, but there were a lot of things that happened throughout our journey and a lot of struggles that I faced that made it very difficult for me to breastfeed. And so um, I'm just going to jump right in and sharing that with you all. And I hope that maybe some of this is relatable or you see yourself in this story and you're like, okay, let me make a decision that makes sense for me. So number one, um, the reason why it was so difficult for me to breastfeed is because my mind was preoccupied. I was so hyper-focused on solving my issue of depression and anxiety that I really, I didn't have time for anything else. Like it wasn't just the breastfeeding, but like my mind was so obsessed on solution 
Um, so whether that was just on the computer researching all day, or that was having a conversation with a doctor or a therapist um, for like the fifth time, um, just writing down notes and everything that's going through my mind, like I was just so engaged in that process of trying to overcome depression that it was hard for me to focus on anything. Like it was hard for me to have a conversation with someone because my mind was just like, I'm somewhere else right now. I'm not actually here engaging with you. And so for me to breastfeed and to even take that moment to sit still, it was just uncomfortable. Like I did not want to just be sitting there um, breastfeeding my daughter when I was thinking in my mind, like I have all these things that I need to do, all this stuff that I need to um, to accomplish to be able to be in a good place mentally that I was just, I wasn't there. I couldn't do it. And I, I want to be sensitive about saying that word that I couldn't because I could, I could have forced myself to do it, but I knew because of the space that I was in mentally that it was just, it was too challenging for me at that time. And I'm thinking in my head, um, we were watching Frozen 2 last night and there's this like part where Elsa's in some like ice world. I came in partway through the movie because I was um, hosting small group, but um, I, I came in on the part where she was like in this little ice world. She had found it. And um, one of the things that she knew was that she couldn't go too far. So within that ice land, she had to like stop at a certain point or she was supposed to stop at a certain point or she would fall. And that's kind of the visual that I saw in my head. It was like, I knew, okay, I have to stop at this certain point or I'm just going to go over the edge with this. And if you haven't seen Frozen 2, I definitely did not do it justice. And I apologize for the background noise. That's my computer. Um, but I definitely did not do it justice. So if you want to watch Frozen 2 and see that part and see what I'm talking about, it might make a little bit more sense. Um, but essentially, there's like this kind of breaking point for everyone. And for me, it was just like breastfeeding my daughter in the midst of all of this anxiety, all of this panic, all of this depression. It was too much for me personally to handle. Um, and so, like I said, I was really just, I was struggling to, to do anything besides fixating on the issue and trying to fix it and all that stuff, which I've talked about in other episodes and feel free to, to go back and kind of go through those episodes and see yourself in my story as well. Um, but even eating, I did not make time for eating. And not only did I not make time for eating, but I just, I didn't have a desire to eat. I truly did not want to, to stop what I was doing and the, the fixing part to even slow down for food. And it got to the point where I was like literally so weak that it was hard for me to like even do regular things like walking and going into the shower. Like there would be times when I would literally be hunched over just like so weak because I hadn't eat, eaten like any real food of substance in quite some time. And obviously when you're breastfeeding, your baby requires you to be eating nutrient rich foods. And for me, that was such a struggle. Um, my mom, so thankful for her, she would make me smoothies like every day with this like vegan protein powder and um, 
some kind of vegetable in there and like fruit and stuff. And I would have to like force that down. Like I couldn't even finish it most times. So it wasn't just like the not having the time or the space or the focus to, to think about eating, but it was even like the act of eating was really, really challenging for me. And I, I found out later that dry mouth was something that was super common with anxiety and depression. Like your mouth gets so dry, there's literally no saliva in there. And that's really difficult to eat. If you haven't experienced this before, you're probably like, what? I've never heard of this. Like that doesn't make any sense, but it's a thing. And so I remember um, we love Chick-fil-A. It's just like our favorite restaurant. But I remember actually going to Chick-fil-A one time and I got fries and because I was just like, I'm so hungry. Like I have to stop and eat something like shaking hungry. And so I got some fries and I was like, this is going to be so good. Like just remembering how delicious it used to taste to me. And I put the fry in my mouth, the first one in my mouth, and I started to chew it up and I couldn't swallow the, like the starchiness of the potato. I literally could not force it down my throat because my mouth was so dry. There was nothing else in there besides potato and I just couldn't eat it. Like I literally could not get it down my throat. And that happened to me so many times like I I can't tell you the days that I went without like an actual meal and so if you're someone who's struggling with anxiety and depression you're probably like okay yeah my appetite might have decreased or some people your appetite de uh, increases so in addition to that ap appetite decreasing I had that extreme dry mouth and then I was super super focused on fixing my problem that like food was not even on the back burner for me. It wasn't like, oh, I'll get to that later. It was just like, I'm not even thinking about food. And then so many things made me gag. Like food that I loved before, I just, I couldn't eat it. And so you think about being in this place where, like I said, your, your baby needs you to be eating nutrient-rich food. And I was eating literally nothing some days. Like I might have that smoothie and that would be it for the whole day. And so it was difficult for my body to even produce what my baby needed. And so that also just made me feel like really like down and guilty and like, this is your one job and you can't do this thing right. Like what, what are you doing here? You know, if you can't even produce enough milk to feed your baby, then like, you're not needed in this situation. And it was honestly like, it was another thing that just became like a weight on me and something that was just like not enjoyable whatsoever. So um, that's just like my personal experience. And if you are, have experienced this too, like know that you are not alone, that other people are out there experiencing the exact same thing that you are experiencing. Um, it, it truly made me feel like I had failed. Like you are, like I said, you're, you're not necessary in the situation. You could be totally removed from your family and they would be fine. And the interesting part about this is so like knowing that I was in this space where it was just like so beyond difficult to produce enough milk. So you go through the act of actually breastfeeding and all that was 
like surrounding that. But I still felt like I had to keep going. I can't give up on this. Like it was the one thing that I was not willing to bend on. I'm like, okay, I, I refused to give this up. And so I tried for as long as I could to hold on to it because I, I felt like if you give this up, then your family doesn't need you. You don't have any worth like as a mom to this child and you're already like going crazy. So you might as well just leave. And so I refused. I refused to give up. I wanted my daughter to need me for something and just be like, feel like I had a reason for actually being there and being in the picture. And I, I think I, like I said, I had seen so many people successfully breastfeed before that I just, I didn't understand why I couldn't. And so I started to like, in addition to all my research for anxiety and depression, started to research different types of like nutrients that I should be taking to increase my um, supply and um, started talking to some of my friends who had breastfed their children and really just tried my best to be what I felt like I was supposed to be for my daughter. And so I, I went on this, this journey of trying to heal and at the same time trying to pour out for my daughter. I mean, like obviously physically pour out, but it's like, it was a mental battle as well to be able to give this to my child and to feel like, okay, you have a purpose here. And so I just, I didn't want to give it up. Um, I saw my friends being super successful in breastfeeding. I saw other people being super successful. Um, I heard the slogan, breast is best. Um, and I'll just tell you, breast is not best. Fed is best. Um, but I just, I had all these like thoughts in my mind that like, no, you have to. Don't give up. If you give up, you failed. You failed. Walk out of the picture because they don't need you. If you can't do this one thing, like this is your job. And so it became this like idol in my life really um, where I, I wanted so badly to be successful at breastfeeding and I did not want to give it up. And once I started um, medication, so if you've heard my story before, you know that um, I was put on like three different medications. One was an anti-anxiety medication, which I took multiple times every day. Um, one was an antidepressant and then one was a sleep aid. And so I was taking these three medications and at first I got the prescription. And I was like, no, I'm not going to fill that prescription. I'm going to do this on my own. And it was probably like a day later, <laughs> so not even very long, um, that I decided to go ahead and fill those prescriptions and started taking those medications. And for the anti-anxiety medication and I believe the sleep aid, there were certain restrictions on breastfeeding. For the anti-anxiety medication, you could not breastfeed like at all. So I would have to give that up to take that medication. And so what my plan was, was like, okay, I'll take this medication temporarily and then I'll get back to breastfeeding. And in the meantime, what I'll do is I'll pump. So I made myself a, a pumping schedule that um, resembled that of like when a baby would need to feed and got my little breast pump and stuff and had my plan because you know I like to plan. 
And the goal was, okay, you stay on this medication temporarily, but while you're on the medication, make sure you're pumping every like hour and a half or something. Like you got to wake up throughout the night, make sure you're pumping. Who cares that you're not getting enough sleep as it is, but just wake up and, you know, do your thing. Like this is your job. You've got to do it. And so I had this whole like thing kind of going on there and it was a lot. Like it was more than a lot. And even like thinking about it now, like I was so determined to not give up on this idea that I had that to me, breastfeeding my child equaled success. Not not breastfeeding my child equaled failure. And I am not a failure. Like you go out there and you do this. And so like it was, it was in my head that that's, that's it. Like, you don't have choices here. Like, if you want to fail, then go ahead, give up. But if you don't want to fail, then take the medication, pump every hour and a half to two hours, and just do this until, you know, you can get back to actually breastfeeding. And so I I did that for a while. And like I said, it just became too much. Like, mentally, I was already exhausted from, like, fistfights every day with anxiety and depression And then you add this on top of it, it was just literally a recipe for disaster. And I'm not sure why I thought it was a good idea, but I I did. I thought it was a good idea and I thought I would be able to to manage it. But it just, I couldn't. And so I decided to get off the medication. And I I say this like it's a really long period of time, but it wasn't even that long. Um, but it felt like a very long amount of time. And so I s- decided to get off of medication so that I could actually breastfeed again. And then I felt too anxious and went back on the medication, went back to my pumping schedule. And then I got off of the medication. It was like this cycle that went on for probably like a month and a half, if we're being honest. But it felt like a very, very long time. And I finally realized And I believe it was my mom who said something, but I finally realized that breastfeeding my child was not what made me a good mom and not breastfeeding my child was not what made me a bad mom. I had the best of intentions. I absolutely wanted to be able to breastfeed her for 12 months at minimum. Like that was my goal. But just because it was turning out to be something that that goal was starting to like fade away didn't mean that like I wasn't needed or that I was this terrible mom and that I had no purpose. And if you right now are in the midst of struggling and you're like, I don't know how much longer I can breastfeed while I'm struggling with this depression, but I don't want to be a failure. I'm here to tell you today that that does not make you a failure. You are still an amazing mom, regardless of how you feed your child. Just feed your child. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be you. You know, your husband can feed a child. Uh, Your significant other, boyfriend, whoever it is, can feed a child. Friends can feed a child. A mother, your mother can feed a child. Like Other people can help you. And I encourage you to get that help from your tribe. Like your community can be there and supporting you in all of this. It doesn't have to be you. You don't have to breastfeed your child. If you want to, then I encourage you, yes, do what you can. 
to make that a reality. But if it gets to that point where you're like, I, I, I've gone too far, I'm going to fall like Elsa because she did fall. Um, if it gets to that point, you need other people like, okay, I can't do this. I can't be the everything. I, I just, I can't. And in the movie, what happened is that, well, I don't want to spoil the movie for you, but um, so she goes too far and she's like frozen in place and basically is dying and her sister has to help her. And the interesting part about it is that in the beginning, Elsa didn't want her sister's help. Like she thought, okay, I can do this on my own. And she ended up needing her sister's help to save her life. Um, and so that might be for you. You might need your sister, your mother, your brother, your friends, your husband. You might need their help to save your life, really to make sure that you have the, the time and the space to work on your mental wellness. And that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad mom because you're not as present as you want to be. And I remember my mom saying to me, like, you have time. It's not like you have to be like the number one mom on top of the planet every day, all day, because that's just not a thing. It doesn't exist. If you're trying to be that, it doesn't exist. Um, you still can be connected with your child and still show them that you love them. And breastfeeding is not the thing that equals your love or your success as a mom. Like it's just not. So I don't know who needs to hear that message, but it's not. And if you're able to, I think that's great. I'm not, not for any reason knocking breastfeeding because I do think it's really great and valuable if you can do it. But if you can't, don't let anyone try to force you into breastfeeding your child or make you feel less than because you don't. And so for me, formula was the best choice. It was one of the best choices that I could have made during that time period to be able to be a present mom today. Because if I had continued on struggling through that battle of trying to force myself to breastfeed my daughter, I would not have had the mental space, capacity, whatever you want to call it, to find healing. And so I just want to encourage you today that if you're struggling with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, that that is best and formula might be the best choice for you. So think about that. Don't sacrifice yourself because you're like, oh, I have to feed my child this way. It's great to be able to do it. But the same way when you're on an airplane and they say to put your mask on first, put your mask on first. Take care of what's up here so that you can be present for all that is out here. And if you don't take care of what's up here, then you'll end up in a, a worse place than maybe what you are in today. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that I absolutely would have been a worse mom if I continued on that journey of trying to force it and really ignoring my own personal needs than I am today. And I'm not saying I'm a bad mom, but what I'm saying is that I was able to heal and able to focus on what I needed because I allowed the people in my life to, to be there and be present for my daughter 
and allow me to have that space to, to do the healing that I needed to do. You've carried a baby for most likely nine months now and that your body wasn't your own. You might need some, some time and space to be able to heal all of this. Don't feel like you have to just jump into super mom or superhero mode or whatever it is. Like, no, it's okay. It's okay to not be everything that you thought you were going to be as a mom. You're still a great mom. Well, that's it. Uh, that is the message for today. Again, not discouraging you from breastfeeding at all, but just encouraging you that if you feel like you have to breastfeed, you can rethink that. You don't have to. As long as your child is fed, it's all going to be okay. Allow your community to come and rally around you and help you through this time. Well, as always, um, I love to hear from you and I have been really excited because I've had so many more women reaching out to me recently, specifically on Instagram. I get a lot of messages on Instagram, um, and I don't think I always put my name in the show notes here for my Instagram handle, but I will put it in it today. It's just my name, so it's at Ariel Wozniak, um, and not the word at, but like the ampersand sign, whatever that thing is called. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. You can message me there. Um, would love to be connected with you, or you can reach out by email. It's info at defeatppd.com. That's I-N-F-O at defeatppd.com. And I'm so happy to connect with you. I want to share this journey with you. I want to be there to support you. Um, I do have programs in place that might be a good fit for you. So just don't hesitate to reach out to me. And I do have a free toolkit, which has um, the six tools that I have found to be the most valuable to me during my journey with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And you can get that by going to defeatppd.com. You sign up for the newsletter, automatically go straight to your inbox, chunk your, chunk your, check your junk mail folder because it might go to junk mail. Um, but that's a great resource. I really go into depth in explaining how to capture like negative thoughts and um, how to change worry. And really the goal is to like rewire your brain. So get your hands on that resource, totally free. Um, and I'll just see you on the next episode. Praying for you, friend. Bye.